One, two, three. Welcome to Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores the many ways Bob Jones University is advancing God's kingdom through Christian education with the biblical worldview. I'm Daniel Lehman, a current student at BJU and co-host for this podcast. Well, we'd like to welcome you today to Highest Potential. I'm Steve Pettit, president of Bob Jones University. And we have my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lehman, with us here. How you doing, Daniel? Very good. Yourself, Dr. Pettit? I'm doing great. Good. What's, what's going on on campus? Right now, uh, people, I think, are just getting into the groove of classes. You know, homework's rolling in. None of the big assignments have started yet, so they're still enjoying some of those more free evenings before they have to start working on those big papers and stuff happening. And the so, weather around campus has been... It's been very nice. A little sunny. It's a little cool, but, you know, being from northern Illinois, it was in the negative temperatures back home, so being down here, I, I think it's great. So, so, so it. we've gotten over the snow. Yes, we have. That's all melted. Well, a few piles, a few kinda, places. Kind of back to normal. Back to normal more so. Absolutely. Well, today's uh, program, we're going to talk to Dr. Neil Ring, who's the athletic director of the uh, the sports program here at Bob Jones University. And so uh, I think I think our students are pretty excited about basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guys have had to sit out because of uh, some COVID regulations, mm-hmm. and our ladies are back playing. We played Pensacola, our good friends from Pensacola. Our good friends from Pensacola, yes. And uh, um, I'm sorry to say that their team beat our girls. It is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but they both played a good game, but we Indeed. had a great crowd. It was a very good it was crowd. A, it was an exciting crowd. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy this. We really want to talk about uh, not only what we're doing here as a university, but some of the things that have come up recently uh, in the latest NCAA convention, and we'll talk about those with Dr. Ring. Hope you'll enjoy the program today. I'd like to welcome you today to our program here on Highest Potential, and we are delighted to have with us Dr. Neil Ring, who is the Athletic Director here at Bob Jones University. Neil, thanks for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, we are uh, excited about this year of athletics at Bob Jones because we're celebrating our 10th year. Yes, sir. And you started this program 10 years ago, did you not? Yes, sir. 2012. Is, uh, is, is, is the dream working out? It is. It is. I, I always ask God for a five-year vision, and uh, he's given us two five-year visions, and now we're working on the third. So excited to see what he's going to continue to do on behalf of our athletes and our coaches here at Bob Jones. Well, tell us, uh, maybe if you, if you would, uh, just for the sake of the audience that listens, uh, obviously uh, we have sports here like any other university. Mm-hmm. We would like to think that in one way we have some very unique aspects. So give us kind of a big picture overall philosophy of what we're trying to accomplish through the sports program at Bob Jones. Absolutely. Our, our entire um, sport program is, is based on the principle of using sport as a platform for ministry. And we seek to do that internally first, our coaches uh, discipling and mentoring our student-athletes, uh, our athletes uh, discipling and mentoring each other, and then we encourage them to to take what's being poured into them and, and to do that on our campus uh, within our student body. And then obviously, uh, naturally, we hope that that overflows into as we travel, as we compete, that uh, while not perfect in, in what we do, but um, we, we seek to honor Christ and, and lift up his name through the platform of competitive intercollegiate athletics. 
And it sounds like to me that uh, coaches are the key. Absolutely. And we've been blessed with some really fantastic uh, mentors, teachers, disciplers uh, who uh, have the same vision, the same mentality that the score, we, we strive for excellence. So it's important for us to do the very best that we can. So championships are important to us. Uh, but at the end of the day, the goal is for that young man or that woman to become the the person that God created them to be and to go on into life and to lead productive Christian lives, uh, utilizing the education, the experience, all that they uh, get here at Bob Jones University. They just get to live it out through the platform of sports during those four years. And then we we are excited about how they go out and then live that out in their life as a pastor as a so, ad whatever god calls them to be yeah so in 10 years of uh sports programs do you have any idea of how many graduates we have at this sort of at this point we've had um over 800 800 who yes, have graduated yes. and they're in all walks of life absolutely we have uh, a lot of kids that are excuse me a lot of young adults who are in uh, the accounting field that's one of our major if, if you look at our um, institution and our major programs. We have a lot of, of teachers, educators. Uh, we have a lot of accountants, as I mentioned. We have some in finance. We have some in uh, in the banking industry. We have some uh, educationally teaching, some who are leading uh, nonprofit organizations. We have a couple of, of uh, here locally, particularly a couple of former student athletes who have founded uh, various nonprofit organizations where they're doing what mm -hmm. we're trying to do uh, using sport to try to impact the community for Jesus Christ. So very excited uh, of what God is doing through our graduates and uh, what he's continuing to do. A lot, they go in ministry, yep. um, coaches, yes, athletic directors, yes, uh, just perpetuating itself. And we really feel like philosophically the, the measure of the program is not how many games or championships you win, but what are the students like when they graduate and go out and live out their life and their faith? Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, just like with every student that comes through Bob Jones University, they get to, um, you know, that graduation time. And then they go and they make decisions based on what they've learned, what they've internalized, and, and you know, how they live their life in many ways. Uh, it was modeled here at the university. It was modeled through their parents. It was modeled through their churches. And, you know, we I look at it, we're just a part of what God uses to help prepare them to go out and face a world that is in constant turmoil and chaos and to, to be able to find uh, peace and contentment in pursuing God passionately and wholeheartedly and, and, and really honoring and pleasing Him. And that's at the end of the day, that's worth way more than a championship for, that's right. for us. Uh, but we still like to win championships. Absolutely. So give us a, an update. Uh, we It's been a while since we've last talked. Here we are in the 10th year. We've already had a full semester of activity. Now we're in the second semester. So kind of give us a, a Bruins update. Absolutely. So uh, we're, we're excited that overall in the 10 years, God has blessed us with 19 championships. And uh, this past fall was a very good uh, year for us in the fall, we had uh, cross-country women win their second championship in a row. Men won their sixth in a row. Men's soccer won their first national title since 2016. And then our women's volleyball program uh, won their fourth in a row. Uh, it, just an amazing Miraculous. event for them after 
uh, one of the top players in the country going down and then seeing uh, the young ladies rally together and, and uh, Coach Denny just kind of continue to be steady and uh, give them that, hey, we've practiced, we know how to play, let's just go play. And uh, to see them to beat uh, a couple of really good teams at the end there, having lost their best player really was rewarding amazing, yeah. and amazing to be a part of. And coming into this semester, how are we doing? So uh, we are with basketball. We always have that dynamic where we play a really tough schedule in the first semester. And then we kind of settle into the NCCAA Division II schedule second semester. Um, unfortunately for us at this point, our men's team has, has been paused a couple of times because of some COVID positives. Uh, we're, we're back in that setting again uh, this week. So um, this is the second year in a row we didn't get to play Pensacola at home. So that's disappointing. Um, and so uh, the women this year, last year, they were the ones that were paused for a long period of time. This year they've um, been able to avoid mm -hmm. uh, a lot of COVID. So that's been a blessing. Um, so uh, they're they're competing. Um, tough loss for the ladies uh, Friday night to Pensacola, uh, but uh, definitely continuing to improve. And, and Mike and his staff doing a great job with teaching and developing. And that's a program that at the end of the year they're always way down the road from where they were when they started. Right. So uh, we've got obviously some uh, uh, upcoming spring sports. What what's happening this spring? We have baseball in year two. Yep. And uh, very excited this year. We have a, uh, a kind of a, a stable of pitchers. Right. Uh, last year we had a, a small group. This year they've they've done a good job of recruiting. Now, you know they've got to make the transition from high school to to pitch in college. But having those arms that that's going to help us. And uh, just excited about the recruiting that uh, Coach Castile and his staff have done, uh, and uh, the thirty plus young men that they have in that roster or in that program now that. Uh, you know, baseball is is a passion uh, for them. Uh, golf will be in in it's a, it's actually a spring sport for the NCAA, and uh, so they will be back in session this spring. Uh, we we start our first uh, season of beach volleyball that starts here uh, February one, and so we're excited about that. Have uh, fifteen or sixteen young ladies that are competing there. We probably should uh, just take a little detour and when you hear beach volleyball for us as christians <laughs> sure everybody kind of looks at each other and is this is this like what it is in the olympics right and the answer to that is in the dress yes. and the answer to that is no it's not it, it's it's totally different the the collegiate uh attire for uh women's volleyball in in the in the beach season uh, because as i mentioned it starts in february so it's pretty cold uh, and so most of the time they'll wear some type of uh, pants or uh, long shorts, and, and their midriff has to be covered. So it, it's it's clearly be typical what we wear on the indoors. Absolutely, actually a little bit more, a little bit more <laughs> because of uh, it's it's just cold outside. So if they NCAA asked me what I would call it, I would call it outdoor sand volleyball. <laughs> uh, the beach volleyball, they didn't ask me what to name it, so we we're stuck with the name. Uh, but to understand that that modesty is still important to us here at Bob Jones. Absolutely, and and we will continue to you know abide within our corporate culture and vision for what that looks like, uh, and and have the freedom to do that uh, within the the sporting world. Uh, and then the the other sport I would mention is track and field, and we had a transition in uh, coaches 
from uh, Coach Bright mm-hmm. and his wife Katie, who started the programs uh, seven years ago. And uh, they went back to their alma mater out in California. And uh, Ken came in and just really has done a great job, continued their success in cross country, and is really building uh, a track program. We're we're expecting that program to continue to grow. Mm. Uh, We'd love to have a new track. Uh, And but uh, that's that is a program that uh, is kind of a low hanging fruit for us from a student recruitment perspective, because there's multiple sport opportunities within track. Right. So uh, it's just a matter of having a director who has that vision and, and Ken certainly right. has that vision. So uh, one thing I'd like to just get an update on, uh, which I, I think most of our people would not really know, and that is here at Bob Jones, um, we, we do not give financial scholarships to students uh, for sports. We have plenty of scholarships in other ways. Uh, and so financially, what we've decided here at the university with regards to sports program is the university will cover the basic operating expense, expenses for a team, which would include coaching staff, paying them mm-hmm. all the equipment and travel that they need to do. Outside of that, there's a limitation. And uh, so, so for a long time, none of our teams had really team rooms to be in. Uh, our original building, the Davis Field House, was re- really built for intramurals, not for intercollegiate sports. So uh, tell us what the projects are going on and what's happening there, because a lot of people don't know it, and this is pretty exciting. Oh, th- this, is, this is a game changer for us. I always tell people that we are a recruiting and retention arm of the institution. Right. Uh, we, we convert uh, well from prospect to student and we retain at a higher level than the general student body. So very excited about that. And part of doing that comes from one, the, you know, the, the people that we have that are investing in the lives of these student athletes and, and, and the place that they have to do that. We're, we've been very uh, limited because it's, it's been more of a general uh, space. And so we've been able to take uh, places that we already have uh, for example, the the four outdoor um, racquetball courts that were converted to indoor racquetball courts, and we had about fifteen or sixteen people playing racquetball, and I don't know that very many of them were actually students. Mm-hmm. So we we decided to take those four rooms and make them into team rooms. So men's soccer, women's soccer, cross country track is together, and then baseball. And this is an area where life on life discipleship takes place. Uh, I'm getting great feedback from our coaches and our student athletes about what this room means to them, uh, to to their recruiting efforts as they bring families on campus and show them their home, uh, in essence, you know, for for that sport. Um, and and the the very exciting part, you know, from a from an institutional standpoint, you know, you mentioned we're committed to you know covering operation expenses. Um, the overwhelming majority of funds that have been raised uh, to pay for these upfits, I'll use that term, uh, is, is, is money that's been donated from outside sources, people who love that program. I had, I had a, a gentleman say, listen, I want to donate so that this, can, you know, this fundraising can get off the coach's plate and, and they can just go and, 
and, and do their coaching and recruiting and the things they need to do, how much do you need? Those are great conversations. We, we really like talking that. We to people love like that. to have that, yeah. you know, those conversations. Uh, but so we, we're coming into the Davis Fieldhouse, men's and women's basketball have team rooms, and then women's volleyball is in somewhat of a temporary space. They have their own room, but the long term plan is for them to have a different space in the Fieldhouse. And um, we are. Uh, we're, we're looking to to reorganize the space. Mm-hmm. Um, the the athletic office is right next to the stairs and two bathrooms, so we're somewhat limited in how we can do that. Uh, but we do have some some pretty exciting plans to expand out into that lower lobby and create some more office space. Get all of our operational staff leadership together, uh, which is is a, a very important aspect for our, for our just operations and, and workflow, and then also create some office space for coaches. Discipleship is is the number one basis of, of our mission. That's where we start, and we still have a lot of coaches in cubicles. Right. Hard to have conversations right. that you need to have with you know, someone who's in a, who, who needs to be encouraged or challenged or, or whatever the situation is and do that effectively in yeah. a cubicle. So, so we are, we are working on this. We, we, we set a very bold initiative for us this year. We've never, we've never done this before, but, but we set a half a million dollar um, goal. And with those funds, we can change these spaces, uh, the office spaces, change the, and put our leadership in a better position to do their job, mm-hmm. put our coaches in a better position to do their job in ministry. And uh, our goal is to have all of this completed going into 2023 fall, which is when we anticipate being a NCAA member in full standing. And that in just to kind of make a continual plug, it also involves a lot more branding around yes. the building. Yes. So when you come in, it's... It, it's and, and that's you know that is um, when, when you walk into the Davis Fieldhouse lower lobby, you have a sign that says "Established 2012," and and then you have a bunch of white hospital walls, right? Right. right. And it's like, well, apparently there nothing has happened since 2012. Um, the 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 plan is to really make the building a, a, a historical narrative, to 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 celebrate what God has done through the lives of our coaches and, and staff and our student athletes. And, and one of, the, one of the, the coolest things that came out of this study that was done uh, was uh, an idea of putting a, something like a, a score clock in the lobby that you know, tracks championships and All-Americans and coaches of the year. And, and, and it spoke to me because it was like we're celebrating what we've done but because it's like a scoreboard, there's the anticipation that we're going to continue and do more. Right. And, and that, to me, was, uh, you know, th- this is not just about, hey, we've, a- we've achieved, we've arrived, look at what we've done. This is about, first of all, look at what God's done, and then there's so much more that we want to do. And, and we want to do that through this platform of sports. And for those that are listening, perhaps you're, you're interested in maybe, maybe having some form of support, uh, this is really important because the fact that we're NCAA Division Three non-scholarship school, uh, what draws young people here to the school is the, is the academic excellence of the, of the university, the spiritual influence, 
and the professional program that we have with our athletes, the way we treat them, our coaches, our discipleship, our vision. And so all of this, and I, I just want to say that I appreciate so much our coaches because they have worked hard to uh, model out in their, in their uh, locker rooms and so forth the, the quality of what we're trying to do. And this is an all-hands-on-deck uh, work. And so I hope, I hope some of you would be willing to consider supporting it in the best way that you can. Let's go to NCAA D3. Tell us where we are right now. So we're in our second year as a provisional um, institution, which means um, basically we're operating as a Division III. We're utilizing all of the branding. So if you if you watch online or you come to a game uh, this this winter, you'll see the big blue disc on the floor. Um, and you know we are we're a Division III institution. We're the only one in South Carolina, um, and so there's a little bit of a uh, a, a market advantage for us there with that. We have a lot of D2s around us uh, and some D1s. So being the only one is, is uh, a recruiting help for us because not everybody is going to go D2 or D1 and staying in state helps us. Um, so, um, And just to clarify, D1, D2 would be scholarship right. schools. D1 would be like Carolina, Clemson, right. Furman, Wofford, right. Citadel, et cetera. D2 would be more like North Greenville, Anderson, right. Uh, other schools, Converse, and others in the area who give scholarships. D3 is non-scholarship. So as was mentioned, we're the only school in the state of South Carolina, a lot of them in Georgia in North Carolina. Yes, sir. And and that is, um, you know, that kind of leads to the next step of what are we going to do about a conference? Um, and, and we're pursuing that. You know, we're having conversations. I was at the NCAA convention this last week, had conversations with commissioners of conferences, uh, just really trying to position ourselves in, in the best opportunity for our student-athletes. Um, and uh, a lot of exciting things happening. Um, and, and for us, you know, Division Three is a great fit because it, it allows us to, um, to, to have the student who – we have so many student-athletes who want to be involved in other things. And that's the Division Three model. So they can be they, they can be in in student leadership. They can be in you know in, in dorm leadership. They can you know they can participate in other activities on campus. Uh, there's societies, and they can lead in there. They can participate. They can do things, and it's not an imposition on their scholarship right. or on on their you know time where they're trying to you know hone their craft. They still do all of that. They just have the opportunities and the freedoms to participate in other things. And that's the D3 model. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that you and I both like about D3. First of all, it's non-scholarship from an athletic perspective, but it also it fits our institution much better academically as well as just experientially and opportunity-wise uh, for our student-athletes. And our hope is to be in a league by when? 2023. 2023. Uh, that, is, that is the goal. Um, there were some things that happened at the convention uh, this past week that uh, could affect that, uh, either positive or negative. Not sure right now. It's it's uh, basically they reduced the number of teams mm. that you need for a conference. So it went from seven to six. That doesn't sound like a lot, but in this world, that's that's a big number um, for automatic qualifying for NCAA tournaments. Uh, and there are a lot of conferences on the cusp of needing people because. This is a very volatile time in education, and um, some schools are closing. 
Some schools are transitioning to other conferences for better opportunities. And so a conference that loses that automatic qualifier has a window of time to earn it back. But once they lose it, then it's a two, at least a two-year window before they can get that back. So um, that pressure was relieved a little bit, but it also opens up opportunities perhaps for other schools to form different conferences. Leagues, yeah. it, it just, it doesn't, you know, there, there's no, right now there's no good, I have no good answer for this is what's going to happen because we simply don't know. Well, which, which we can segue in, and this will be the last part of our, our conversation today, which is a big part of it. And that is uh, the NCAA National Convention was last week. Yes. Uh, it was not a status quo convention. <laughs> and it probably was, I think, probably the biggest unique convention in the last 25 years. So tell us about what happened. Uh, if anybody's going to be an expert at Bob Jones's you. So, <laughs> well, I apologize if I'm the expert. Uh, I may not have all, all of that. But the, 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 the overarching picture is that the NCAA voted for a new constitution. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Most of the issues are, are Division I NCAA-driven. Uh, there were some things that happened, if you're familiar with the name, image, and likeness, NIL, where students now can make money on that. They used to not be able to do that until uh, July 1st of this past year. Yeah, I heard the quarterback from uh, Alabama made about a million dollars this year. Yes, and now you're seeing students transfer from one school to another because there's a better NIL deal in place. Um, and, and, and also there was a Supreme Court case that the NCAA lost, the Alston case, which basically they, they had restricted the amount that a student athlete could earn as a student from the school based on uh, like educational expenses. And the Supreme Court uh, basically threw that out and said that you can't do that. So the landscape changed dramatically. Um, there was hope from the leadership of the NCAA that the, um, the, the federal government would help with NIL, that they would establish some type of federal mandate or, or legislation. Well, that didn't happen, and it doesn't appear that that's going to happen. So the best terms that I can use to describe what's going on right now is it's really like the wild, wild west out there. So how does that affect Division Three? In this vote for a new constitution, the underlying opportunity for us uh, in this body is the fact that now each division is autonomous. So in the past, Division I uh, and Division II and Division III, you all voted together on all of these, de- you know, all of these uh, proposals or you know, things, and it all had to align with the big picture. Now, Division Three will take this very pared-down constitution— and between now and August 1st, we'll basically flesh out, okay, this is what that means to Division Three. It's still, we're not going to give scholarships. It's still about the experience of the student-athlete. They are a student first and then an athlete as opposed to an athlete who happens to be a student. Uh, there are some other nuances in there that um, won't take the time to go into, but ultimately, uh, between now and August 1st, we're going to continue to see more and more changes. Uh, there were some budgetary changes that took place where the, the Division III uh, 
will we'll no longer have to pay for the services of the NCAA. So it was about a million and a half dollars. So, you know, we talked about how do we, you know, what do we do with that money? And it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of changing, uh, of, of what you can do f- interdivisionally as far as governance wise. Um, but I, I just, I think it's a great time to be involved because, um, it, it's a change that has needed to happen. And I think it was back in 1997 or even before that when the, the previous constitution. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time and the world is much different than right. it was back then. And the, the amateur status and the amateur model of intercollegiate athletics is never going to be the same as it used to be. And that's just, you know, we either have to embrace that and move on and figure out how we operate Will almost seem like there'll be different levels because you're going to have your high level, uh, uh, big big college, right. Alabama's, Clemson's, right. and so forth, where they're going to be at a whole different level right. than other schools. Right, and and part of the this constitution it it gives the it gives the different levels opportunity to divide into other levels mm-hmm. without having to get the approval of you know, other divisions. So uh, again, I think that the key word is autonomy and it'd be interesting to see how that has worked out uh, for division three. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's the nice part is everyone's going to be on the same page starting August one. So it's, we're no longer the new kids on the block when it comes to, you know, the governance and and operations as a division three institution. I know uh, with, with our own people, because of if those that have an interest would say what 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 in it what did the NCAA division or convention decide about the transgender issue? So the Board of Governors, which is the highest governing body, um, made an adjustment, uh, kind of quietly. It was kind of a surprise uh, that uh, they they pushed the requirements to the the sport governing body for uh, the individual sports and if if the national governing body doesn't have a policy then it goes to the international governing body for that sport so basically um, they used to have kind of a one-size-fits-all policy and now it is more of a sport by sport policy, and um, it 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 what it has done is it has made it more difficult uh, for someone. Uh, there there are more things they have to do to participate uh, as a transgender right. um, student athlete in in sport, and and I I think that you know a lot of the pressure to do this came from what's happening at the University of Pennsylvania with uh, the transgender swimmer and there's there's been a I mean they're lining up on both sides for and against uh, you know the this what's happening and uh, the I think the the public pressure from the uh, from these organizations on the NCAA uh, caused the Board of Governors to make this ruling and then I think as you look around the country and I don't know the exact number but, but there are uh, numerous states that are enacting uh, transgender laws uh, and policies. Mm. And so actually what's happening is um, you have states 
whose policies are contrary to the NCAA. And so that puts the school who's hosting a national championship in a position. Uh, they, they, it, it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, so like, for example, if South Carolina had a policy that would not allow transgender athletes, then a school would have to decide if they're going to play in South Carolina that would South be, Carolina would play that school. Yes, that that would be a part of it. Um, some within the NCAA are calling for the NCAA to not allow championships to be played in states that have transgender laws on the books that mm-hmm. that limit their opportunity to compete. Um, so it's it's kind of a moving target right now. Um, and, and I'll just be honest; it was somewhat of a surprise uh, because it 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 actually made it more difficult. And there's been a lot of, uh, of the reading that I'm doing, there's been a lot of call for making it less difficult for a transgender student athlete to participate. Uh, I just think that, um, you know, public sentiment, um, really that, that the board of governors really listened to that and, uh, decided that there has to be, they have to protect women's sports. Right. We we just celebrated 50 years of Title IX, which a part of Title IX have, has given women the opportunity to uh, to participate. And um, so it, it's 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 a very difficult dynamic for someone who is who is uh, advocating for transgender sport participation, and 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 also to maintain. Um, equity and right. you know fairness in in women's sports because that tends to be where the you know the transgender athlete is it's it's not typically the you know the female trying to transition to be a male so it, it, it's a um, it's an interesting dynamic it's one that that we are keeping an eye on uh, doing a lot of research just so that we can be um, knowledgeable and be able to give an answer. And, and as I shared with you, you know, our goal is to speak the truth. Amen. And, and, you know, we, we want to be a voice for, for the truth that God has given us in his word. Um, and, and this is an issue that I think at some point we're, we're going to have to do that. It's definitely an issue of science. Yes. So, yes. well, listen, thank you so much, uh, Neil, for your time. And thanks for uh, the great work you're doing. And we're just so thankful and proud of our sports program here at Bob Jones University with our athletes and uh, the good things that's going on there. So thanks for your time today. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great to see you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit. Don't forget to find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.